hello, hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Sports show. My name is Michael Brazil. I got my man Sia Najat here with me. And Sia, it's, it's just us again, man. Remember, we used to do this all this time, and then we had to get other people involved and yada, yada, yada. But now it's just me and you, man. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. I feel all like warm and cuddly right. and like, you know, the warm fuzzies. I feel like I'm around like a campfire or a fire, mm. at, at, like roaring fire at Christmas or something. Mm. This feels very oh. good, Michael. My goodness, keep painting that picture. Or Hanukkah, right. excuse me. I, I want to be super Stop. inclusive here. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm not Jewish. Just oh. look it. I'm not Jewish though, but I appreciate right. that. Uh, right. I appreciate that. But no, it's, it should be fun. We got the betting line show. Unfortunately, Sticks Picks couldn't hang out with us today. We appreciate him for everything he does. Of course, hope everything's well on his end. And uh, we couldn't get an, a guest um, on short notice. As you've seen, we've had some cool people on. We had uh, uh, at Deep Dive FF, Brandon from Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We had Cody from Full Slate on at full slate cody uh been some awesome guests and really appreciated them of course sticks picks it all the time but you know i see so you, you asked me you're like should we get someone i was like you know what i think we should just rock it ourselves so in um uh in memory that's not the word i'm looking for what am i looking <laughs> for uh in retrospect no rg3 there i said it i got it in i got it out we're good <laughs> what we're, i can't think of the word i'm trying to think of we got it we're back we're gonna be going over the week five NFL betting lines. Uh, we're going to be checking them all out. See, is going to have some cool DFS places. Sprinkle it in. Mostly betting, but we'll sprinkle it in. We are going to um, win you some money. I think that is the ultimate goal here. Make sure to follow both of us on Twitter right now at CNJot at Michael Brazil. Make sure to follow us at Windaily Sports, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert chat. And if you haven't been tailing the Windaily Sports betting membership, you're missing out. I think we had a 20 unit weekend and then yesterday just hit for 10 units on five plays. Um, I think we're owing one today, but eh, you know, you can't be perfect at this thing. You can't be perfect, but see so yeah, how excited are you just to, uh, just, just me and you just talking football We're back at it again, my friend. I mean, with all due respect, uh, it, I could talk football to really anyone and I'd be super excited about it. However, to, okay. to your point, I am more excited to talk to you. I don't know awesome. if that's um, yes. passionate enough. Is that what you were looking for? Good enough. The whole fireplace thing in the beginning really got me going. So I think right? I'm, I'm pretty, it was nice. It was nice. But, speaking of, you know, because there are people watching us um, even now, uh, I do want to point out Zach Puck picks the dynamic duo. He says, thanks for keeping me company this Wednesday night. So that I feel warm and fuzzy again. Yeah. So thank Perfect. you, sir. Um, I got a couple nervous texts like, hey, wh what time is it tonight? Where can I watch? Because some people aren't on Twitter, and that's usually where I mm -hmm. say to watch. I told, I directed them to the YouTube channel and just, you know, find the Wind Daily YouTube channel, and uh, you'll be good. So we have some people watching on there, too. So that's kind of exciting. So Perfect. And Twitch, too. Um, at Win underscore daily on Twitch. Found a new Twitch page. Had a bunch of followers, so we took it. So let's hop right into the show again we are on week five it should be a fun week um just for housekeeping i don't know if anybody's paying attention but the titans keep uh testing positive for the coronavirus we also saw a stefan gilmore test positive for the coronavirus and then sia sent me this awful terrifying picture of stefan gilmore practically kissing patrick mahomes so i it was it was close it was really close um you know picture picture does say a thousand words so it is what it is but um i know we're both kind of of the camp. Most of these guys are going to be fine. It's really not a big deal, but we do understand we're also in a pandemic and, and we're, we are lucky and we are grateful every single day that we get to watch football. Even if it is a Thursday night game between the bears or I'm sorry, the uh, Broncos and the jets as last week was Sia. Is this coronavirus stuff starting to get to you a little bit? Cause now the Titans might have to forfeit draft picks. They might have to forfeit a game. It's, it's starting to get a little, 
little hectic. Uh, Mike Vrabel, he's doing some shit down there in Tennessee, man. Well, I mean, as far as forfeiting games, I don't think that's going to happen. But I, but I, I think we've said from the beginning that there's the possibility that games will be canceled, that they'll shorten the season, maybe because they want to just keep that Super Bowl date and the playoff mm-hmm. date because there's certain implications yeah. that arise when it comes to that. But, you know, I've always sort of anticipated that we might be going down a road of, of losing games. And that's totally fine with me because we lost two thirds of the game in ba- games in mm-hmm. baseball. We lost games in the So the idea that we don't have a bubble and yet we're not going to lose games. You know, I, I just think that's just the, the reality we live in. Like the good news, and, and we were talking about this on the the, the show we have on SiriusXM on, on Saturday night. I was saying like, Everybody just kind of relax. I mean, you know, we had a, a game or, you know, we thought maybe a couple of games were going to be canceled. We just had the one. But it's like mm-hmm. you do realize we have like 12 other games that we can talk about, bet on. Be You know, our main slate in DFS is, is, is packed. It probably will be this weekend, too. So I'm still just super like I'm, you know, like the Wind Daily people, this might sound cliche, but we totally just focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. I've sort of trained myself to do that. So when I see all the text messages like, well, there goes the season and all that, I'm kind of like, Really? Like yeah. we have all these games that are like literally hours away. Like, let's talk about that first. Yeah. So, no, I, I mean, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of this. And, and I think we're going to see positive tests pop up within every single week, to be honest with you. Um, and that's OK. As long as we still maintain some semblance of a season, that's OK. I think we will be OK. Of course, uh, I I implore that same mindset of a lot of positivity being negative is really not going to get us anywhere. So I do believe in that. And I do think that will be, we will be okay. I mean, the season's not going anywhere guys, you know how much money the NFL makes. They'll just cancel a game. They won't care. Uh, it, it is interesting though. They are talking about potentially um, something happening with the bills Titans game coming up. So we'll see obviously the Patriots, if they're going to be down their starting quarterback and former defensive player of the year and Stefan Gilmore, curious uh what that's going to do to a lot of people and and betting of course so we'll we'll get into that a little bit but i think that's enough in terms of how do you want one more thing no 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 no, that was it no i mean it's yeah go ahead yeah let's rock with it then uh so let's start with this thursday night game we have the tampa brady bucks going to chicago line opened at minus three to the buccaneers it's now up to minus three and a half you can get that on from our friends at bet mgm you can also get it at giraffe kings as well over-under started at 45 and a half. It's come down a bit to 44 and a half. You can get it at 43 and a half if you want to take that over. And a lot, a lot, a lot of the money is actually on the Bears. And a lot, a lot, a lot of the bets are on the Bucks. That's always a fun little uh, trend we like to pay attention to. So, Sia, how do you feel about this line? Three and a half, the Bucks are giving the Bears. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just said it right there. Most of the bets are on Tampa, but most of the money is on the Bears. So, I mean, anytime I don't have a really strong opinion and somebody tells me that, which of course, for anybody that's listening, that means, you know, the Sharps, the kind of the, the big ticket guys are on the dog year. And so I don't really have a strong opinion. I think if the line was three, I would be considering Tampa. But no, I just love I, I just like the Bears in this particular spot, especially when you consider all the injuries that the Bucks have. I mean, from from Godwin, we don't know about Scotty Miller. We don't know about Mike Evans. I think the best we can say about Mike Evans is that he'll be gimpy during this game like mm-hmm. he was the majority of last game. Then you've got you know, Leonard Fournette's probably not playing. That's accurate, right? So yeah, I think he's out. So we have um, kind of a banged up team and OJ Howard of course is out for the mm-hmm, season. Yeah. So, you know, with all of that said, I think three and a half points it's at Chicago. You know, I know home field doesn't mean a ton, but three and a half is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're getting to a point in the season where I think people look at Tampa and they're like, Oh man, these guys are world beaters. These guys are definitely going to be, you know, winning their division and all this. 
and that might be true, but I don't think they're three and a half points better tomorrow. It's it's really interesting because this has been a trend with the Bucks uh, all season where most of the money is going on to the opposite team, but most of the bets are coming in for them. And this is two weeks in a row. Last week it was the Chargers. Two weeks ago it was the Broncos. And the Bucks have covered both times. So, you know, it is something to pay attention to. That's why I bring up that information of where's the money going? Where are the bets going? That's, of course, going to we're going to see what happens. It's only Wednesday. But it is interesting because even though we have been seeing the Sharps and the Whales kind of go against the Bucks, we are seeing the Bucks cover the spread and, and kind of with relative ease the last couple of weeks. And, and two things I want to point out. One is what what you set up for this particular game in terms of where the money is 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 so important. I, I just I really need to stress that your guy Josh Applebaum when he comes on Vsin, mm-hmm. you know he's always talking. He's leading with that, and then he's giving his opinion. Eric Tipton, who's going to come on, I believe mm-hmm. in two weeks. Actually, he texted me back right before the show. Uh, for nice. those of you who don't know, up, Tipton mate? used to work for. Um, Covers.com. He um, then he he created he kind of created his own offshoot brand with with another guy under the hashtag um, or the 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 tag uh, Big East on Twitter. But anyway, uh, he looks at that stuff primarily too. I mean, honestly, sometimes he takes the analysis completely out of it and he looks at what you were talking about. So when I see that, I mean, it's just. But one one thing. The other point is. The Chargers should have covered last week. I mean, Shouldn't. I understand that they didn't, but but again, this is the Anthony Lynn factor working mm-hmm. here as well. So, and you know, Eckler did get injured, and a couple things happened in that game. I guess you could say Mike Evans did, and OJ Howard did too on the other end. But I, I you know, there's there was no way the Chargers weren't covering that game if not for Anthony Lynn. It mm-hmm. is just, it's just they should have covered that game. So I understand where you're coming from there, but I just think if we look at that game and we saw what happened, I mean. I'm not super confident in the idea that like, oh, Bucks covered another one because they, they probably shouldn't have. Yeah, and that's true. Um, that is true. Anthony Lynn, we know how much you love him. Uh, I do like this comment by Zach, though. Can the Bears even score more than three points? I mean, last week they only scored that last touchdown because, I mean, there wasn't that much time left on the clock. And uh, the, uh, how do you say it? The prevent defense? You you have a wonderful line. Uh, the, that the, the prevent, passing on the prevent defense is undefeated. Undefeated, yes. So it's... It's something. The Bucks' defense is good. They are hurt, so I think it's something to pay attention to. But it should be a fun game. And hey, it's Thursday night football. I'm going to watch it. You're going to watch it. We're all going. You know, watch it. it's interesting though that he mentioned that because the total in this game is 44, and we know the overs have been coming in at sort of a rapid rate. There's a couple reasons for that. Holding calls are kind of yeah, down this that. season. Um, but with that said, 44 is kind of a high number for this game because when you consider all the skill position guys that are actually injured for Tampa, they probably will be scaling things back a little bit in terms of dinks and dunks and running the ball and just kind of slowly matriculating downfield. And we know the Bears are going to do that because they don't mm-hmm. really have much of a choice. So, you know, I, I might be inclined now. It looks like it opened at 45 and a half and it's already down a point and a half, which mm-hmm. is pretty significant. So I might be looking at the under here, especially if it takes back up to 44 and a half or 45. I think. To Zach's point, no, I don't think the Bears are going to score a ton, but this could be like a 17-14 game too. It could be a you know a, a 23 to 20 game, something like yep. that. In, in in which case, obviously, you have your cover. Yeah, and uh, just to that point, a lot of the bets are on the over. A lot of the money is on the under. So again, just something to pay attention to. So mm-hmm. I think that is enough for the Thursday night game. Should be a lot of fun. We'll have plays. We'll have prop picks, uh, which are always fun. We've been hammering, especially the single game nights, uh, the Thursdays. And the Mondays, we've been crushing the props, so it's absolutely been a lot of fun. Obviously, crushing, crushing the Sunday slate, too, but it's awesome when you go 3-0 in a night. It always feels real good. Uh, let's move on to the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, Bengals are traveling to Baltimore. 
The Ravens are favored by 13 and a half line opened at 50.5. It is now up to 51.5. We have a little more than half the bets on the Bengals at plus 13. And we have a little more than 85% of the money on the Bengals at plus 13. Uh, This one, this one's interesting to me. I mean, we saw the Giants, you know, cover against the Rams. That was just an anomaly. We saw the Ravens do what they did against the Washington football club. Who's, pretty much a useless team and i'm excited to get to them to hear your take on kyle Mm -hmm. allen and and riverboat ron and such but i feel like the Bengals are significantly better than the redskins but they're only favored or they're underdogs by only one less point Uh, that seems like a fishy line to me how do you feel about it uh it's a fishy line and the Bengals are the right side of it i mean 13 points is too many especially when you consider the passing offense of Cincinnati and the fact that the Ravens defense hasn't been quite as vaunted as people mm-hmm. think. I think in terms of pass attempts, Burrow is up there in the top three. I mean, oh, obviously yeah. Jack Prescott is number one because he throws 50 times a game or, I mean, what is it? Does he actually, I think he actually averages around 50 attempts it's per something game. something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so with that said, I mean, l- let's talk about backdoor cover. Cincinnati did that two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I don't really see any reason why you would take the Ravens here. And and I don't even want to say it's a stay away game. I actually like the, the Cincinnati Bengals plus 13. By the way, and I know you rushed the RG3 kind of shout out. Oh, but sorry. FYI, RG3 took all the first team snaps today because, you know, I, I don't think this is a big deal. But Lamar had a quote knee injury and it's probably like knee soreness and it's something by the way to keep an eye on if you're if you're looking at i don't know futures bets with the ravens and things like that it's not something for this week necessarily but uh 13 is it's just too many points ravens haven't really proven it on offense or defense yet i do think they'll put up a big number here i'm noticing like you said the numbers 51 or so um but again backdoor cover is seems like a worst case scenario here Mm-hmm. And in terms of, uh, you know, what we saw last week, I mean, it, it made sense that the Ravens did what they did to the Redskins. I just I know the Bengals defense isn't anything crazy, but their offense is just way more capable and they have so many more options and opportunities. I mean, if the Redskins can put up 17, I feel like the the Bengals can at least score three touchdowns. And I don't really see the Ravens putting up 35 on the Bengals. I think a division game, too, by the way, it's it's a little crazy. So I don't know, man. I don't know, but I am hoping, and Zach, thank you as well, uh, RG3 season. I think it That's is. Right. That's right. It's RG3 season. Every season's RG3 That's season. True. What are you talking good. about? Our good friend, friend of the show, RG3. Friend of the show. And check I out actually, the interview. Yes, make sure to check out that interview. And yesterday, I interviewed some guy that was on The Bachelorette, Iggy Rodriguez. Awesome. He was awesome. I interviewed him for Wind Daily Sports. We got to talk about fantasy football. We got to talk about the Ravens. And uh, we got to talk about he works for Therabody. So that interview, go check that one out. That one How great. did I miss this? This is fantastic. It just came out. I just did that one yesterday. Super cool, dude. Really great. I- I genuinely feel like people on the, like, I don't know how dated he is, but like on the bachelor, no pun intended or bachelorette. Like, I feel like those people have such a following. Like that's, yeah, uh, I feel like it's a big score. Good for you. 30 K right. followers. Uh, good for us. He was on the wind daily sports show. It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. a lot of fun. So check out that interview. It was, it was pretty cool. He's also business partners with Mercedes Lewis. When we get to the Packers, uh, no Packers aren't by this week. Never mind. Uh, let us go to the Panthers going Mercedes. down. Mercedes Lewis, the only first round pick that Aaron Rodgers has ever thrown a touchdown yes. pass to. That by Mercedes the way. Lewis, yes. Let the that blocking, sink in. The blocking tight end, Mercedes Lewis, <laughs> formerly of Jaguars fame. Uh, moving on to the Panthers going to Hotlanta. Line open minus three and a half to the, the Falcons. It's now down to minus one and a half. Uh, we have well over 50% of the bets on the Panthers. Not sure where they got it, but I hope they got it at plus three and a half. And way, way, way more money is on the Panthers to cover this. 
Nobody believes in the Falcons. Their entire secondary is hurt and then hurt again, I think. I think they're on like third and fourth string sec- um, you know, defensive backs and safeties at this point. It's just a freaking mess. Dan Quinn still has his job, and somehow the Falcons are going to finish 7-9, and nine, and he's going to keep his job, and this train is just going to keep rolling down the tracks. How do you feel about this game? Uh, and actually, just one more over-under. Hell yeah, 54 and a half, and all the money's on the over. Let's go. How do you feel about this game? Panthers plus one. Yeah, I like the Panthers. Uh, they just seem like a better unit on both. Obviously, they're better. It's funny. It's funny that I would never have thought I would have said that the Carolina Panthers have the better unit on defense than the Atlanta Falcons, or by the way, than any other team. Because because yeah. that Carolina defense, it's like basically half, like half of them are rookies, and it's just not a very good defense yet. But the offensive unit is even better at this point, in my opinion. I mean, Robbie Anderson, I mean, look, mm-hmm. if you look at the stats, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, obviously Mike Davis and Curtis Samuel's doing a little bit too. And Teddy Bridgewater's passing the ball around quite. I mean, they, they beat Arizona last week. I think, I think Carolina, we can actually say is like kind of like a average team or at least approaching an average team. I and and I don't think, I don't think Atlanta is even close to that, um, you know, home or away. I don't think it really matters, particularly this season. I think the Panthers, I don't think they cruise or anything, but I mean, they're getting plus one and a half. Honestly, by kickoff, that that thing might be a pick them. And I, I would still take Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. And our good friend ETIP, he is back. Great situation to back here. Let's put it up for the fans. Teams coming off getting blown out on Monday Night Football tend to struggle. And uh, the Falcons tend to struggle a lot. And I think this is a great situation. Again, if you got that at three and a half, I mean, I would have smashed that because, again, the, the, the Panthers just keep covering. Right. Like they, for some reason, they were uh, underdogs to Justin Herbert by like seven points. I didn't understand that. Uh, I did understand them being three and a half point dogs to the Falcon or I'm sorry, the uh, other birds, the Cardinals. There we go. A lot of birds, a lot of bird, birds and dogs, man. I don't get it. And cats. But um, that one made sense. But then the the the, uh, the Cardinals come out and lay a freaking egg. So now it's I mean, are the Panthers good? Have they just had a couple good weeks? I mean, what are they going to look like when Christian McCaffrey comes back? That's kind of what I'm curious about. So Robbie Anderson's actually. Can I say good? Like he's no, oh, he's good, really good this year, and, and and he's overshadowing. You know, everybody's sort of fantasy football darling in, in, in DJ Moore, and, and and the reality is, I think people are kind of finally coming to the conclusion. Like it's it's not necessarily that DJ Moore is a bad receiver. Um, shout out to Ben Gretsch at Yards Per Gretsch because he's the biggest DJ Moore fan of all time. Oh. But it's just it's just that Robbie Anderson is is he's good. You know, he's at 35 targets already through through four games. 28 of those have been caught. 378 yards and a touchdown. And yes, I memorized that. I don't know why. But the point is, Robbie Anderson is a really good receiver. And so is DJ Moore. They have so many weapons. And honestly, Julio is probably not going to play this game. And and Tipton, you know, with his follow-up comment, short week, tough to fix the wrongs. Like, especially tough to fix the wrongs when you had more injuries to your secondary just mm-hmm. four days ago. I mean, what? I mean, at this point, you're you're probably signing guys, guys off the street that are actually going to get playing time. And when you have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, a competent quarterback, Mike Davis, and Curtis Samuel, I mean, how are you going to stop that team? So, it's, I feel well, bad. Okay, wait, wait a second. Wait. How are you going to stop that team? You made them sound like the freaking the 2007 Patriots. Like they're well, good. They're how are you going to stop good, that team? If but implied yeah. in that is if you are the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that, that that should always be implied, I think, when talking about the Falcons. So that one's on me. That's 100% on me. But um, in terms of DFS, I, I know you always like to find some little contrarian sneaky stacks. I mean, everyone will most likely, I mean, I think at this point in the season, they can realize, hey, the the Panthers defense isn't quite as bad as we all said, as you, you know, hey, at least it's average. 
they look pretty decent. They're not terrible. Jeremy Chin, rookie at a Temple, if I'm not mistaken, looks pretty legit. Better than playing better than Isaiah Simmons, who was drafted in the top 10 by the Cardinals. So that's mm-hmm. an interesting uh, little, little take there. But how do you feel in kind of stacking this game and, and trying to get contrarian within a game that, as we're seeing, has an over-under of 54, so you can only get so different in that kind of situation? Yeah, I, I don't mind stacking this game. I mean, I, obviously, you're going to want to like do the stack on the Carolina side and then maybe mm-hmm. come back with Ridley, who curiously had zero catches, because partly because Matt Ryan didn't even want to look at him when he was wide open in the end zone, and the mm-hmm. other part of that is Matt Ryan sucks and can't get him the ball mm-hmm. when he's also wide open in the end zone on a different play. So... I like I like a stack there. I mean, I, you know, I like the, you know, it forces you to maybe play. T- Listen, Carolina's probably going to win this game, but they're not going to have some big lead that Atlanta's going to get. You know, Matt Ryan in two quarters of garbage time for. So, the the Matt Ryan part of the stack is not where I want to be. I actually want to be on the Teddy Bridgewater, and I just picture him exploiting that defense throughout the four quarters. So I might do a Teddy Bridgewater, get contrarian with DJ Moore instead of Robbie Anderson. Listen, DJ Moore hasn't been nearly as good, but he's gotten almost as many targets. So there is probably some positive regression there for him. And then, you know, on the other side, get Calvin Ridley. And if you really want to get aggressive with the game, throw in Mike Davis, because you know he's going to run the ball and catch a lot of passes. I love it. Oh, here we go. Atlanta will have the lead by roughly 20. And then... (laughs) I don't know. I tipped in. I don't know what happens next. Too All right. Uh, so the next game on my sheet is actually Bill's Titans. And as we already spoke about that game, either might get canceled or the Titans forfeit. I think it would be kind of cool if the Titans forfeit. Um, I feel like it's probably not going to happen because it's it's kind of hard to just give a team a win in the NFL, considering how hard it is to win a game in the NFL. So it's kind of it, I feel like it would be difficult, but uh, I think the one thing that's interesting is we can't move this game. The Sunday game cannot be moved because the Bills are playing on Thursday. So they can't move it to Monday like they did with the Chiefs and, and the Patriots. They can't move it to Tuesday like they were considering with the Chiefs and the Patriots, obviously, because you can't then you can't penalize the, the Bills, especially if the Titans were doing the wrong thing. As it t- turns out, they were practicing together as after they were told not to practice together, which I'm not here to comment on that. They they broke the rules and that is what it is. So I'm curious what the NFL does there, but can't really move it. So it's a little unfortunate for the bills on that end. So let's uh, hop down one more. We got the Raiders traveling to the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs line opened at minus 13. Could probably get it at minus 13, minus 13 and a half right now over under at 56 and a half. I don't have any betting data on this one. So we'll uh, we'll leave that out the window. But how do you feel about this? 13 and a half. I mean, I feel like the Chiefs should throttle the Raiders, right? So I don't want to. Ma- OK, first of all, like all things being equal, I hate that phrase, but I'll tell you why I said it in a second. I do like the Chiefs to probably prevail by more than two touchdowns. But I mean, it's I mean, this is a pretty interesting line because the Raiders were actually really close with the bills all last week it was just turnover after and it wasn't like it wasn't like defensive pressure which caused the turnover. i mean it kind of was but a lot of fumbles waller had a big fumble i think Derek carr had a big fumble and they were like marching down the field every time so this las vegas and that was without henry ruggs who might be playing this week so and brian edwards is he going to come back this week? I don't know if Brian Edwards is going to come back, but certainly if he does, that helps. But Ruggs is really the more important piece because he spreads the field for guys like Waller and Renfro. But like what I'm thinking in this game, and when I see 13 and a half, and I know the Raiders can move the ball, particularly on the Chiefs, and I don't know if Chris Jones is playing. He didn't play the other night, and he's a huge part, the the huge part of this defense. Listen, Stefan Gilmore was literally, literally in Mahomes' ear 
what four three nights ago so i mean i'm i'm not trying to make light of the covid situation but you know when i see a line of 13 and a half well i guess let's put it this way mahomes could have like covid or something and they're not going to cancel the game because he has covid necessarily mm-hmm. they could they could test all the players you know back to back days and nobody shows up it's just, it just happened i mean now i'm getting into like a scenario that's probably implausible but i mean i don't know what mahomes situation is i'd be kind of worried if i were him not because he's gonna like deteriorate yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. he's gonna be fine of course but like i just because he's an athlete not because everybody's fine i'm not trying to be like you know you're, do, you're, do, isn't you're too much Sia. you're doing too much we know what you're trying to say we all okay. know you're a good person you're fine you're fine the, the point is 13 and a half is a lot of points and when you have the added potential worry of a star quarterback maybe having issues or maybe just maybe just being worried up to game time i mean I, i'll take the 13 and a half i like that that's a that's a nice little uh narrative for you nice we haven't had a good narrative bomb recently um I think it makes sense. I think take it now at 13 and a half to the Raiders. I think if um, all things being equal, is that what you said? Uh, yes. What about um, everything in a vacuum? That's another fun one. Oh, right? that's the one I absolutely can't stand. Really? Everything, like in a, everything in a vacuum, I absolutely can't stand. Perfect. Now I know. I'll just Do drop you know why I can't one. stand it? Because no, the people uh, who use it aren't selective when they use it. They just want to use that to start mm. so many sentences and so many like whatever axioms or whatever they decide they want to say and it's like it doesn't apply in all of these contexts that you're trying to use it you just like saying it and that's why you're using it i also hate people who say it is what it is it's a semantically null sentence you're not saying anything you're not putting any thought into whatever the question or the comment was so it is what it is needs to be retired it should have been retired a long time ago man i didn't know you hated so many short phrases in the english languages (laughs) there's more in and of itself in and of itself, it has application, but just like some of the other things we've talked about, in and of itself is kind of like a semantically not like what, like what? Do, I don't what? actually know what that means. I don't know what in it of itself means. To be in totally and of itself, basically means like by itself. Like it, it's just like you're looking at it in a vacuum, if you will. Wow, here we are. Sorry. Here we are. That was beautiful. Yes. Absolutely beautiful. I hope everybody watching and listening <laughs> to that last minute and a half enjoyed it as much as I did. And I truly mean that. Hey, it is what um, it is. It, <laughs> in a vacuum, though. Uh, so that's fantastic. We actually had a couple comments come in uh, while we were kind of just rambling about shit. Uh, we have ETIP11. Make sure to follow him at ETIP11. Chiefs with Bills lurking after the Raiders game. Look ahead. Now, Look ahead in terms of the spread. I don't think so much look ahead in terms of the game itself. I think the Chiefs win. I don't think it's really that. I, I, that you will be able to run on the Chiefs. I mean, I think Damon Harrison showed us that. Uh, the, the non-Cam Newton-led Patriots showed us that, where I think Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham might have completed 13 passes. I'm not sure. I might be a little off on that one, but definitely can run on them. So I think it might be closer than people think, but the Chiefs will throw all over the secondary that is bad and i'm pretty sure they're kind of hurt too yeah so. arnett's probably yeah. out he had thumb surgery about a week and a half ago so yeah. they yeah they're banged up back there i think abrams might be dinged up too but i'm pretty sure he's playing but but to tipton's point i mean he's talking about the spread of course he's like you know in terms of a look ahead game like they're not going to take it quite as seriously maybe they hold some of the bag of tricks back because mm-hmm. the bills are coming into town yeah. so there's something to be said for that the thing you know a lot of times when i'm looking at like a borough led team i'm looking and I know this that's a different team, but like I'm looking at like a backdoor cover possibility. Yeah. I don't have that confidence with Derek Carr. Not that he's terrible, but um I don't I'm not as 
I don't think this is a backdoor cover situation. I think just like you said, because the Raiders can run the ball effectively and they can pass the ball pretty like their yeah. short to intermediate passing game is pretty good. So um, I, I would probably take the Raiders here. It's a, probably a stay away for me, but I like the Raiders yeah. plus 13 and a half. Yeah, I'm probably not going to put any money on it. If that line gets a little bit bigger, I'm kind of curious to see what happens there. If we get above, you know, 14, 14 and a half, then yeah, then at that point, I don't see the Raiders. I don't think are that much worse than the Chiefs, but Patrick Mahomes pretty much runs that division. I don't think they he hasn't lost a game since like the Chargers two years ago, and they were up by like 10 points in the fourth quarter. It was like a really weird, uh, weird little thing happening there. Um, unscheduled short week divisional sandwich between the Pats and the Bills likely stay away. All right. E-tip, I can't wait for you to just come on the show and tell me these things in person. It's going to be a lot of fun then, but we appreciate your comments. Keep them coming. Anyone else, if you have questions, just let us know. This is uh, literally what we're here for. I was going to say, uh, Tipton also, I mean, I, I would say, I shouldn't say also, he specializes in college football, or at least that's mm. his history. So when he comes on, maybe he can give us or give yeah. us maybe a preview of some of the games he likes that he's going to be looking into because... Um, I mean, who doesn't like college football? Who doesn't like yeah. betting on Saturdays? Exactly. It's freaking awesome. I had a bunch of money on Iowa State plus seven and a half, which is nice. the money line, and Georgia minus seven, which that game was over in like the first quarter. So hell yeah. Appreciate the Wind Daily Sports betting membership. Get it. You make a lot of money doing it. I promise was you. Was that one of the Wind Daily plays? Because I didn't look on Saturday. Both of them were. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was nice. That's nice. awesome. Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, but we're back to football or football, real football. No, I'm kidding. NFL. We're back to NFL. We have the Battle of Pennsylvania. Um, whatever, I guess. Philadelphia plus seven to the Steelers. You can actually get the Steelers minus seven and a half if you would like. Over three quarters of the bets on the Steelers. Well over three quarter percent of the money on the Steelers. Most likely at minus seven. Again, that's why it is up to seven and a half right now. The Eagles... As much as they did win that game last week, really shouldn't have won that game last week. And now, for whatever reason, I don't know why they were nine-point dogs. I saw it at seven, and I guess when Sticks and I were talking on Monday, he said it got all the way up to nine. I was unaware of that because that is insane. There's really no reason the Eagles should be nine-point dogs to a Nick Mullins-led, one-quarter starter-led football team in the 49ers. But they really, the Eagles should not have won that game last week. They looked like shit against, again, no, nobody. So uh, is seven is seven too little here? Seven and a half, is that too little? I assume this number is absolutely going to go up without a question. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to go up. Um, I love it at seven. I, I don't necessarily love it at seven and a half. But I mean, I, I think, especially Steelers coming off what, you know, what ended up yep. being a buy. Um, I don't think the Steelers have really clicked on offense or defense yet. But to me, they're just rising and rising each week. And, you know, last week, my, my bet of the week was going to be Steelers, you know, to cover the spread against the Titans. I think yeah. they were maybe I can't remember what the spread was. I think they were yeah. giving two points or something. Well, they were it's open three and a half, three to the Titans and then moved all the way to minus two and a half to the Steelers, like a five point swing. It was something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. The bookmakers who made that line, like all need to be fired because that's like gross negligence. As far as I'm concerned here, we have like a pretty decent size line, but the Eagles, I mean, I think. Alshon might be coming back, not for this game, but soon. I think Deshaun might be playing in this game. They Goddard's out, of course. Mm -hmm. That right side of their offensive line is still super banged up. I don't really. I think Wentz had a nice game last week, and he threw a couple good balls, and he scrambled around a little bit, which we haven't seen a ton of that from him. But he's not going to be able to do that against the Steelers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to like murder him back there. I mean, they they they're a very aggressive defense, and unfortunately, the Eagles don't have the tools to exploit that aggressive defense. Mm -hmm. So. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, Deontay Johnson's coming back. They, of course, have Juju, James Washington, Chase Claypool, a host of running backs, including, you know, a healthy James Conner. 
I don't see how this game doesn't get away from the Eagles. And, you know, I'm very shy to, like, take um, favorites. I- I've been on dogs more mm-hmm. than I've been on favorites because for obvious reasons, because, yeah. you know, that's like Joe Public and fading that. But, like, there's some favorites I'm just going to have to take, and this mm-hmm. is one of them. And, by the way, if you wanted to do a Moneyline parlay with another game or a tease, I don't, I don't recommend teases because I think it's a dumb thing to recommend. But in this particular spot, I would be very happy to do a Moneyline parlay or a – six and a half point tees with uh you know another game which which i do like on this slate yeah i think i i don't know why it's only seven uh if if the eagles are going to be nine point dogs again to like half of a football team there's zero reason a team coming off a bye while it is an unscheduled bye i don't know if that's really that big a deal i think it's kind of almost welcomed i think it's going to hurt later on in the season when they would have had their bye and now they're playing but it's only in a couple weeks i think they're going to be fine but I think, uh, yeah, I think the Eagles get ran over. Miles Sanders probably not going to be able to do too much. That front seven for the Steelers is pretty damn good. I got to see that firsthand with the Saquon Barkley stuff, but RIP Saquon. But it's, um, yeah, I, seven and a half, I don't, I, I think it's too little. And I think take it now. Over under started at 45, down now down to 44 and 43 in some spots. And I'm assuming that's because they think the Eagles will be able to score. So, meh. yeah, I, I like the under there. Yeah. I don't know that I'll take it, but if it if it somehow clicks back up to like 44 and a half or something, mm-hmm. I'd probably take it. I like it. I like it. We might have to make that one of our bets of the week. Let's uh, move on. Okay, here we go. We're getting into the Washington football team. We have oh, football club. I apologize. Uh, the Rams traveling east again and playing another one o'clock game. Whoever made the schedule friggin' hates the Rams this year. This is, <laughs> I think, the fourth, the th- third or the fourth time they've had to do this this year. And no, it's impossible. It's the fourth, but it's the third time that they've had to do this this year. The Bills, the John, um, the Eagles, and somebody else that they had to come uh, west for or east for for some reason. But Rams opened as minus nine and a half favorites. That line came down to minus seven and a half, uh, which is weird because the Washington football team hasn't done anything to show me why the line should move that much this early. Uh, are you sure? Are you sure they haven't done anything Give today? Give me a second. Give me a second. I'll get there. I'll get there. Right. Over under. Over under is sitting at 46. Opened up to 46. It's now 45 and a half. More people are on the over there. But, I mean, you you can't sit here and tell me. You are the resident Washington Football Club fan. You can't sit here and tell me Kyle Allen is worth two points in that offense in particular because that's just a bad team. Like um, Kyle yeah. Allen is not Lamar Jackson or, or Patrick Mahomes coming in and helping them try and win games. It's Kyle Allen. We've seen him play. He's not good. I mean, <clears throat> I know Dwayne Haskins is bad, but Kyle Allen's not good. Yeah, I don't think there's been a situation in your life where you've been more wrong than this moment right wow. here, right now. Like I, I, the, wow. this is night and day. Keep in mind, Kyle Allen is very familiar with Ron Rivera and his system. Yes. Keep in mind that he has a guy like Antonio Gibson at his disposal, which I think Gibson had 19 touches last week. He finally sort yeah. of got unleashed. So, you know, he has that. I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but but he has that sort of that type of back to, to kind of like check down to and to rely on in the running game. You know, McLaurin is a little banged up. It looks like he's going to play. Steven Sims might be back. Not a big deal. Logan Thomas, like they have some weapons on offense and all you need if you're Washington, is a guy who's not going to screw it up. It's not like Kyle Allen is is going to be chucking it down the field and like you know hitting these windows that we know Kyle Allen can't hit. But it's not about that. It's about not turning the ball over and letting your defense, who might be without Chase Young, uh, may or may not be. I don't think he's going to play. But even without Chase Young, this is a pretty formidable defense. And we saw what the Rams did last week against the Giants. It was a pathetic display. Yes, I'm sure they'll improve from that. 
But this defense in Washington is way better than the Giants defense. So whatever blueprint Ron Rivera can pull from that, it's going to be, you know, it's the Rams are going to win the game. But nine is is way too many points. I, I really like the Kyle Allen play. I've never been a Haskins guy. I had to dig up all my texts and WhatsApp messages from the day of the draft where I was telling everybody that not only did I not like Haskins, but that he wasn't even good at Ohio State. Sure, if you look at the numbers, you're going to say he was. But anytime he had pressure on him, mm-hmm. his mechanics were just terrible. He didn't know. And, and so that, that just he had no pocket presence. He had no footwork. He just would he'd be the few times he actually had pressure, he was way off. And that type of game doesn't tra- – it's not like he's athletic. That type of game doesn't translate to the NFL. And I was really disappointed in the pick. And I don't love Kyle Allen. I like Kyle Allen better than Alex Smith because I don't th- think Alex Smith should be playing. Mm. But I think Kyle Allen is a two-point improvement. All right. I I appreciate the impassioned uh, monologue. Um, <laughs> I still think Kyle Allen's bad, though. And I think the Rams just had a bad game. I think the real Rams were the team. Well, granted, now now I'm thinking a couple weeks ago against Buffalo, they did go down what twenty eight to three. So, okay, last couple of weeks the Rams haven't been fantastic, but I think they're much better than that Washington Football Club team. I really wouldn't be surprised if they win by ten points. Like I don't really think that's too far out of the um, out of the woods. I don't I don't know, man. Kind of. Like, oh, hold I on. Think, I really ahead, think Dwayne Haskins sucks. He's terrible. Oh my god, he is terrible. But I think we forgot that Kyle Allen, like the last like eight games of the year last year, had like 15 interceptions. Like the dude was also terrible. He got benched for a reason because he's just as bad. And now he probably has less weapons on offense. Yeah, he probably has less weapons on offense. But this isn't first of all, I'm not even saying that that the Rams aren't going to cover. What I'm saying is that a two point adjustment in the line from when you go from Haskins to Kyle Allen to me is justified. I mean, if if. If this line goes down to seven, I absolutely love the Rams, but it's not. It's seven and a half. So for me, this is a stay away game. But I'm not even saying like, oh, yeah, Washington's definitely going to cover because they're they're so good. It's more like I understand the line movement. And, and it's funny that like, you know, if Haskins ever were to have a gripe with getting benched, which of course he would, anybody would. But when you see your starter get benched and there's a two point adjustment, which for people who don't know, that's a gigantic adjustment. So when your starter gets pulled kind of randomly for a backup quarterback that nobody thinks is good and there's a two point adjustment, like that tells you how bad the starter was. Yes. I think that that is a very good point to make because yeah. And I think, I think it was even funny. I don't know. Maybe, you know, a little bit more because you pay attention to some more of the beat writers over there in, uh, in DC, but I guess Dwayne Haskins wasn't even taking snaps today. Like not even like first team snaps. He didn't take like it was Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, and then Dwayne Haskins. Like rarely do you go from the number one quarterback to in four games, you're so bad that you are not even worthy of taking snaps at practice, which man, he's been bad. I mean, I do feel for the guy. Obviously he's had, I think, what is it? Three head coaches, three different offensive coordinators in 13 games, something like crazy like that, which that just sucks. You're not yeah. going to, you're not going to get better. You're not going to learn. I mean, we kind of saw that with Alex Smith, um, the legend of Jason Campbell. I think something ridiculous. He had like eight head coaches or in like 10 years or something. Uh, yeah. You would know Red yeah. or, uh, Washington football club team member as well. So it's, it's unfortunate, but Dwayne Haskins definitely sucks. So it's, I don't know. Do you think he goes to him? Do you think he resurrects his career? Do you think he stays with the skins? Like, what do you think happens? I think he probably gets shipped off somewhere for, you know, a sixth round pick uh, and becomes a career backup. Uh, I, I shouldn't even say career backup. Like, I'm not even so sure he's going to be in the league for more than three or four years. I hope he is. I mean, he seems like a good enough kid, but 
Um, I don't think he really ever had command of anything, including the playbook. So I think that's part of the reason. And by the way, if the if Washington, okay, if the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles, let's forget about the Giants because we know that we knew they were going to be bad. That was one yeah. of our best future bets was to take the Giants under. Which, mm-hmm. curiously, when those over unders came out, I think they were like six or six and a half. I think it was six, and, and we, we, like, we personally took it down to like four and a half. I think. Yeah, it like blew our mind, and we told the world, please, please, please take the under. So, but the point is, if Dallas or Philadelphia, let's say Dallas, because I I've, I've always thought they're the best team in the NFC East. If they were three and one or 4-0, this change wouldn't be made. They would just roll with Haskins and just mm-hmm. see what happened and just ride it out kind of like the Bears did with Trubisky, mm-hmm. um, like at least last year and then into the week one and two of this year. But because Washington has a formidable defense and a couple of good skill players, they're like, okay, well, wait a minute. We have an outside shot. We're only a half game out of the you know the lead in the division. We have a decent team, so why not put Kyle Allen in there? And let's say we rattle off three out of five wins. All of a sudden, we're on top of the NFC East, and this is a brilliant move. So th- there is a calculus to this, and believe it or not, that calculus is winning the division. I'm not saying it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but – it wouldn't make sense to do this if if yeah. one of those two teams I mentioned were having a really good season, but they're not, and they probably will continue to not have a good season. So make the switch. Let's go yeah. for it. And they already beat the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, right? So they have that, right. I guess, that half game kind of comes back to them a little bit. And I did see that on the internet, and I think that's a really great point. Like, see if Haskins can do anything. But how about this? Why don't you just draft Tua last year? If you kind of knew Dwayne Haskins was incapable, like I know Ron Rivera's coming in and he's kind of Dan Schneider's guy, which I think right there is a huge red flag. If you're Dan Schneider, anything, <laughs> get the hell away from me. But like how like w- they were talking about Tua in the draft last year and everyone's just like, it's a smokescreen, whatever. You're not going to take a quarterback. I mean, we literally just saw the year prior where Kyler Murray goes one and they, because and they get rid of Josh Rosen and he's now a practice squad quarterback. So I wouldn't be surprised if the exact same thing happens to Haskins, but like why, like if Ron Rivera got there a little earlier, do you think they might've actually taken Tua over Chase Young? I, I don't know if he got there earlier, if, if they would have, um, because I don't know if that factors in, but I was all over that Tua train, man. I, I And I was like the only one, everybody was so enamored with Chase Young. I'm like, he's a D end, you know, JJ Watt doesn't win you a Super Bowl. It absolutely helps get pressure. To, it helps your defensive backs, but get the quarterback and Tua, I mean, it's it's a dice roll because of his injury, but Tua, I really do believe, was the best quarterback, is the best quarterback in that class. I totally agree with you. It was a it was a bad move, and it was because, like you said, Dan Snyder liked Dwayne Haskins. I think his son went to high school with Dwayne Haskins. He had like an affinity beyond just like watching tape or mm-hmm. whatever Dan Snyder may or may not do. So I think Ron Rivera came there and he's like, Well, I'm not gonna piss off the owner right away. Yeah. I, you know, like eight months after drafting him, being like, Hey, we're gonna draft a different quarterback. So I think unfortunately that factored in to the whole thing. But now it's Ron Rivera's team and he can do what he wants, but we don't have to. You don't have Tua, and now he's a Miami Dolphin. And in uh, 2021, you already have futures. The Dolphins will win the AFC East. Um, but right. let's go to another AFC East team that is just god-awful. Uh, we have the Cardinals traveling to New York to play in MetLife. It's really New Jersey. I know, I know. Uh, Cardinals favored by 8.5 to open. It's now down to 7. 90% of the bets, just about, are on the Cardinals. 90% of the money is on the Jets at plus eight and a half to plus seven over under at 46 now is up to 47 and a half. Now I got to ask the same question. Is Joe Flacco worth one and a half points in an, any, any Adam Gase system? Like, is that where this one and a half is coming from? Or do the people just not believe in the Cardinals as much anymore? Uh, yeah. I think this is a, a not believing in the Cardinals. I think this is a line. Like, yeah, I don't like, 
obviously the half. I know it's not Joe Flacco. Yeah. So, so, and that's why I'm actually going against the sharp money this week. Um, at least with this game. I mean, just just to be. And Josh Applebaum, your boy, talks about this all the time. Like, you know, Sharps only win at a rate, you know, versus like, you know, Joe Public or whatever, only win at a rate of like 5 to 10% more, which is, by the way, is a big number when you, you know, add it up over, yeah. you know, months and years. But like, it's not like they're right 75% of the time. And we're looking at like 65% or so. So you can fade the Sharps and win on occasion, on, on more than occasion. So this is one where I'm going to do that. I, I don't think Arizona is very good, but. I don't think Flacco is going to be very good here. And so this is more a fate of Flacco than it is a fate of the Jets. I just think he's such a statue. I think they're going to be able to get a pass rush on him. And I think this game could sort of like get out of hand. And I think Kyler Murray finally might get some freedom to run around and hit his target. So uh, I like the seven. I'll, I'll, I'll give up the points. Yeah, I think the Jets are really bad. I think they are actually the worst team in the league. And I think their leadership is so terrible. Uh, Makai Becton, their first round pick, was hurt. And he played the game and got re-hurt um, after understanding that he probably shouldn't play. And Sam Darnold sprains his AC joint, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, same thing that we've seen happen to Drew Locke already this year. I think Cortland Sutton, same thing. Cortland Sutton now is out for a torn ACL, unfortunately. But he then comes back into the game. And everybody watching was kind of like, I don't think Sam Darnold should come back into the game. And for some reason, he was brought back into the game. And then immediately it was like, yeah. Turns out he's hurt. We're not going to let him play this week. It's like, well, what the hell are we doing? Like, if he's supposed to be your franchise quarterback, what are you doing, man? Like, just don't let him play in the rest of that game if he's hurt. Like, you're just going to hurt it even further. So, I mean, how Adam Gase also has a job, honestly, it's it's honestly mind-blowing. So, yeah, in a vacuum. <laughs> I mean, it might they might be at a point right now where it's like, let's just get Trevor Lawrence. So, like, who cares who our coach is? I mean, I, I honestly think that might be where this is going. It's not like Gase is <clears> – I mean – they're probably going to lose either way whether they have the, a new coach or not, but why upset the apple cart? Oh, another cliche or you know, figure of speech I, I, I hate. Um, I apple cart. Know. I said cart. It's cart. Um, the point is, gay sucks. Yes. And so did some of these other, like, you know, I'm not so sure about Nagy. There's a lot of these young coaches that are not like your Kyle Shanahan's and your McVeigh's of the world that just aren't very good. Well, Kyle Shanahan and McVeigh, they're so much more attractive than everyone else. I mean, I think That's we true. figured out what the difference is. Um, so I think we're up to uh, Dwayne Haskins. He's going to be gone. First round pick two years later, done. Uh, looks like Sam Darnold. You're not a huge fan of him. Doesn't look like he's going to be around second overall pick or third overall pick. He's gone after three years, potentially. I think most people think Daniel Jones is probably not going to be the quarterback of the Giants. He will be because Giants management is super, super stubborn. And I will say <laughs> he doesn't have literally anything. He has no offensive line, no running game and no wide receivers. So it's kind of difficult to you know, see what the hell you got with him. But a lot of people think he's going to be gone. Josh Rosen already the same draft as Sam Darnold. He's been on four teams now, I think three teams. So that's something to pay attention to. So all these young quarterbacks, people are just, Hey, if you suck, you're gone, you're out. Nobody even cares anymore, which is kind of refreshing. Honestly, I kind of like that. It is. The unfortunate thing though, is, you know, 20 years ago, if you were a second or third or fourth pick, even that high, you would sit on the bench for one or two or three years. Mm -hmm. Now you're just thrown in because a GM wants to prove himself. A coach is trying to save his job. And that's at the expense of the new quarterback that's just not ready for the NFL. Mm -hmm. There's no reason that a college quarterback, especially one that's not in an in in NFL system or a, a pro-style offense in college, is just going to come into the NFL and just be awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. even Joe Burrow, you know, he's been good. But he's getting wrecked. He's he getting throw the ball 45 times a game to get to 300 yards. So that's something. Right. Too. 
and he's he's just he's getting like David Card all over the field, and it's Ooh. just not fair to him. I mean, the, no no matter how good he is right now, this could be a, like this could affect the rest of his career because he doesn't have an offensive line and he doesn't have a good coach in Zach Taylor. So all of these guys, even the ones that are proving it right now, shouldn't be in right now. There's no reason that Joe Burrow should. They're not winning the division. They're not going to the playoffs. Let him sit. I like that. Getting David Card, somebody. Somebody in the chat, write that down. I like that a lot. We should put that on something. Put that on a t-shirt. That'd be pretty cool. Um, let's move on to the next game. We got a fantastic, fantastic AFC South matchup. We have the Jaguars <laughs> traveling down to Texas, or I guess kind of left to Texas, to take on the Bill O'Brien list Texans. And the Texans are favored by six and a half. Um, I think we kind of found out that the Jags aren't very good, but the public thinks the Texans are going to cover the spread. Over 50%, well over 50% of the bets there. Over 90% on the, of the money is on the Jags at six and a half. And I I know I'm like a huge Jags. Like, I love Gardner Minshew. He's one of my favorites. But six points does seem like a lot. And considering how friggin' bad the Texans are, six points really seems like a lot. Yeah, I agree. I like the Jags here. I mean, there is one thing working in the Texans' favor that didn't exist a week ago, and that's Bill O'Brien's not there. And you get the natural bump of, you know, whoever the interim coach is. In this case, it's Cornell. Right. So, you know, there's going to be that like, hey, we're going to fight for a Cornell. This is like a new season. And by the way, Houston's schedule sets up really nicely the rest of the way. So it's not implausible that they start, you know, they rattle off three out of five or three out of four. And they're like sort of back in the conversation because honestly, I don't think the Colts are as good as most people think. We'll get to them. And Tennessee's, you know, above average, but not amazing. So there's not. And then there's the Jags, of course. So six is too many. I'll I'll take the Jags. I'll, I'll, I'll keep this one easy. Um, this could be a backdoor cover situation, but Houston looked really bad on offense against the Minnesota Vikings last mm-hmm. week. <laughs> they put up in the first half two field goals. That's it, six points, and then they managed to get you know a couple touchdowns in the second half. But that's completely unacceptable. This Jags defense is at least as good as the Minnesota defense right now. And Minshew, you know, while I know you were kind of you know crowning him, so Still to speak. Am. Still am. And you said he's definitely better than Kirk Cousins, but I think that yeah. I think that conversation is actually still open for debate i think and i and i but with that said i think Minshew is um worst case of backdoor cover here the plus six is way too many this should be maybe four and a half or four Mm -hmm. yeah i mean honestly i wouldn't be surprised even with as bad as both defenses are if either team makes it to six because afc south matchups we've seen many of them and what six to three i think the jags beat the colts a couple years ago literally six to nothing just some shitty shitty football games um and just to hop over to the comments for a second moneyline parlay partner you were looking for earlier i think that was on the steelers uh right Mm -hmm. or that is we can throw it with arizona i like your play tip and we will get to you hammer fist in a second um over under at 54 and a half. Does that do anything for you? Not really. If anything, I like the under there. Yeah. Yeah. I think both these teams suck. I mean, here's the thing. The Texans have a bad offensive line. They have no wide receivers. They have a terrible running game and their defense sucks. <laughs> they have Deshaun Watson, but that's literally it at this point. And I feel so bad for that dude. But then I remember that he just signed some ridiculous, like $180 million contract. I don't really feel that bad anymore. Um, so no, shout out Bill O'Brien, shout out to the owners of the Texans for letting Bill O'Brien trade away their best player, one of their <laughs> best players in return for a washed up running back. And then only a couple days later, fire him essentially like that is, that is foresight right there. That's next is, level. That, it's like, that's like the jets 
letting Mike McCagnan sign all these dudes in free agency, then take over the draft and then firing him right after the draft. Like it's, it's incredible. I love it. By the way, um, we, we, we mentioned DFS. I, you know, I think this is probably a James Robinson game, but look out for mm. LaVisca Chanel. Um, I, I'm not looking at his pricing right now, but I think he's going to get peppered in this game with a ton like of targets. Yeah, DJ, DJ Chark did really well. Two touchdowns last week for him. Um, so I like it. LaVisca Chanel, I think, like kind of gets like a carry every game too. So a mm-hmm. uh, couple teams, couple divisions we've already been talking about. We have the Dolphins going to San Francisco to take on the maybe CJ Beathard-led 49ers? Question mark. You looked much better and had an incredible stat line in like four minutes. I've never seen anything like that in a football game before, which was pretty cool. But the Dolphins, uh, the Niners open at minus nine. It's still sticking there. Looks like most of the bets are coming in on the Dolphins. Currently don't have anything for the money for some reason. And then also the over-under from 48.5 up to 49.5. More money is coming in on the under, but it's nothing crazy. How do you feel about this game? Also, I just want to say one thing is... I guess this is something moving forward because I got a like an alert, a notification, like Bleacher Report, ESPN, everybody. Week five, Ryan Fitzpatrick's is starting. I was like, I, was that like in question? Like, was that was that like rumblings? People were screaming for Tua at this point. Did I completely miss that? Like, I know we all know Tua is going to start, but I didn't think it was like breaking news that Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting. Well, the reason is because right after the game against the Seahawks, they asked Brian Flores if, for whatever reason, a reporter asked if if Brian Fitzpatrick is your starter next week. And he didn't commit to that right away. He wasn't like, yes, he is. He said something like, oh, we'll evaluate that in a couple days. So I don't know why he said that. (laughs) It just doesn't seem like a a hard thing to say regardless. But uh, yeah, so it's Fitz. But honestly, if he has a bad game this week, which he very well could against San Francisco, I mean, you could see calls for Tua. I don't think it's a good idea to bring Tua in anytime soon, but that's just me. You heard my soliloquy on, um, you know, first-year quarterbacks, mm-hmm. especially um, ones coming off hip surgery. If the shoe fits, how do you feel about? You know, I don't mind that one as much as the ones we discussed. Okay, that well, one's that one's okay because yeah. because that more that I feel like that has more like practical application. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay with. It. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That one just kind of popped in the head. I'm kind good of question. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, buddy. Um, how do you feel though? Niners minus nine. Um, Nick Mullins looked bad. CJ Beathard comes in again. I think the Niners should have beaten the Eagles. I don't think they should have ever been favored by nine points against the Eagles. Having them favored here by nine points isn't as crazy. I still think I'd lean the Dolphins though. What do you, is this? Yeah, so this, this one's definitely a stay away for me. I'm leaning the Dolphins, but the the compelling argument for the Niners, it it probably will be CJ Beathard. And just in case anybody doesn't know, he's been in that system for a long time, just like Nick Mullins was. So you saw how far that got Nick Mullins. But the week before, Nick Mullins threw for 343 yards. So it's not like he's always been trash his entire career. But Beathard looked great. But more importantly, you've got Brandon Ayuk healthy. We, we already knew that. Debo Samuel's going to be fully integrated back into the offense, more so than last week. George Kittle is clearly healthy. And by the way, if you look at Kittle, complete monster, if you look at Kittle and C.J. Beathard kind of like from far away, they look like the same exact person. So keep an eye out uh, for that on Sunday. But yeah, so they're, they're, they're super healthy. Mostert might be back. I don't think he will be. But frankly, I don't think they really need him to be back in this game. So given the health and given the fact that the Niners are coming off like a pathetic loss to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, I, I see why you would take the Niners. But nine points is a ton. And, you know, the Niners are still banged up in the secondary. We'll have to double check to see, you know, who's coming back. I don't think Sherman is coming back. But there's a couple other guys that are also banged up that, that might be coming back. So... You know, if they're not back, then plus nine, it's just too many points. It's too many points. And uh, just double checked because I wasn't, I was sure, but I just wanted to. CJ Beathard and George Kittle both went to Iowa. I don't know if they were there together, but 
they both went to Iowa, so maybe that's why they look similar. Interesting. Yeah, they got the long locks. Mm-hmm. They got well, something. I don't. I wouldn't quite call them locks. It's because they look kind of gross, but whatever. We'll give it to them. <laughs> um, interesting game. I think, yeah, I'd lean Dolphins, but I'm probably going to stay away. I'll see what that line looks like Saturday or Sunday. Let's go to... Oh, wait, uh, I'm sorry. I told Hammerfist we had a question. Um, nope, sorry, wrong one. Is the NFC West the toughest comp division with the Cardinals and the Rams not showing up as late and Niners playing second string and the Seahawks defense being what it is? That's a good question. I mean, while we see all those teams high-flying, a lot of points, a lot of offense, yeah, I mean, the Seahawks can pretty much get beat by anybody. Uh, they just happen to not get beat by anybody because Russell Wilson's a magician. How do you feel about it? That's a good question. About whether the NFC West is the best division in football? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say they are. I mean, I think the Rams are a little bit better than we expected them to be. I think the Cardinals, even though they're coming off, I think, a couple losses in a row, they're at least a little bit better than we expected them to be, and they certainly have upside. And San Francisco hasn't looked great, but they've also been one of the more injured teams in the mm-hmm. entire league. So add you know Russell Wilson to that with his host of weapons on offense in particular. You know They're banged up on defense too, but I don't think there's another division. You know, The only other division I would consider – is the AFC North because I think it's pretty clear that Cleveland is at least an average to above average team. I think Pittsburgh is probably, in my opinion, I think Pittsburgh is the third or fourth best team in the AFC. And then of course you have the Baltimore Ravens. So there's, there's plenty. And then Cincinnati isn't, you know, necessarily a, a pushover anymore. Yeah. yeah they're scrappy. Um, ton of talent on, on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball in particular. So I would say it's those two divisions, but if I had to put money on, on four teams versus the other four teams, mm-hmm. it would be the NFC West. I like that. I think I would agree, but I do think um, I would also then agree that the AFC North would be the next best uh, coming out. Definitely not the NFC East, can promise you that. Coming from a Niners fan, this is Hammer Fist. Again, they don't deserve that spread with their situation. Kind of agree with you. Don't really know why it's that high. I know the Dolphins aren't very good. They are banged up as well. Their defensive backs doesn't seem like they exist this year. So we'll see what happens, but it's definitely something to monitor. I think it's a little big, but I don't want to touch that. Yeah, it's a it's a surprising line. I mean, I I totally agree with that, especially with how banged up they are on defense. Weird. Maybe they know something. Maybe they know something. Uh, Moving on, we got another 4 o'clock game here, most likely America's Game of the Week. We have the Giants traveling down to Jerry World. The Cowboys are favored by opened at 11.5. That number has come down to 9.5. A couple more bets on the Cowboys. About two-thirds of the bets are on the Cowboys. A little over 50% of the money is on the Giants. The over-under of 54 right now that's about split between the over and the under man the giants have not scored a touchdown in 10 quarters um so (laughs) if this over hits it's going to be the cowboys scoring 48 points and the giants kicking three field goals like this giants offense is dreadful this defense sucks i mean why did the number come down i mean i know the cowboys defense is awful but the giants offense hasn't shown a single thing to make them seem even capable this year what the hell yeah, I see your point, but it's just too much against that defense. I mean, it is Jason Garrett that's calling the plays, which is, you know, but then on the other side of the, like, I, 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 I don't know, I don't know how to evaluate this game, but there's no way, there is no way I'm giving 11 points or 10 points or even nine and a half in a Dallas, like for the Dallas Cowboys. There's no way I have to take the Giants. On principle, I have to take, I understand what you said about no touchdowns, but they finally get a game where like they know they're going to score some touchdowns. You know, they know Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, like they are, they're, they're going to score at least 17 points in this game, in my opinion, because Dallas is just unbelievably bad. Daniel Jones is probably trying to save his job at this point because he's been 
way more pathetic than I ever thought he could be. And I honestly wasn't very high on him in the first place. So um, it's too many points. Uh, I will absolutely be on the Giants here. This is, uh, let's see, I wrote down some of my favorite plays. Yeah, this is one of them. I saw it at 10 when I saw it. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping it creeps back up to 10. But um, as explosive as that Dallas offense is, so I mean, I see the other side of the argument, but no, it's too many points. I don't know, man. I think the Cowboys win by... 21 in this game honestly like it's this again like i understand where you're coming from and it all makes sense and the giants covered last week against the rams right and you even had that you were totally right you said hey like there's no the rams coming off that huge emotional swing game and then the you know going back home and the giants like they're complete pieces of garbage they'll at least be within 13 and the giants honestly had a pretty good shot to win that game again so that's kind of twice now the giants have had shots to win games but it's just this defense, man, it's so bad. And the offense, I mean, like the Cowboys defensive line will probably win the game by themselves. Like I would not be surprised if Demarcus Lawrence, Alden Smith, if one of them picks up a fumble, which is kind of guaranteed at this point with Daniel Jones, <laughs> runs it into the end zone. You do that twice. I don't see the Giants scoring 14 points, right? So like, I wouldn't be surprised if the defensive line of the Cowboys win that game by itself. But yes, that defense, the Cowboys defense is also friggin' terrible. But, I mean, they've been terrible against real teams. They haven't been terrible against this bad of an offense. I mean, the Browns ran all over them because the Browns are good at running. The Seahawks threw all over them because the Seahawks are good at passing the ball. The Falcons, as much as you hate them, they're at least capable sometimes. You know, with Julio and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst and Zacchaeus, whoever that guy is, shout out him. Um, You know, they have the capabilities. The Giants just don't have the capabilities. That's the thing that frustrates me about it and why I don't think the Giants cover. And uh, great job. See ya. Thank you. Oh, that's super nice of you. Thank you very much. Um, Zacchaeus, by the way, went to UVA, and my friend Andy Harrison wouldn't forgive me if I didn't give him that shout-out. Although, Andy Harrison is also the same guy who was adamant that we should draft we, the Washington football team, should draft Chase Young instead of uh, Tua Tauvailoa, so he was clearly wrong there. But anyway, not all UVA guys are smart, I guess, is is the moral of the story. I like that. I like that. Uh, Let's go, Duke. Um, Moving on to the next uh, game. We have the Broncos traveling to Foxborough. Line opened up at 9.5 to the Patriots. It's now down to 8. Looks like most of the bets and just about all the money are on the Broncos, and I think it makes sense. We have Stephon Gilmore, who definitely won't be there. Uh, We have Cam Newton, who probably won't be there. This Broncos team's not that good, though. Uh, And I think the Chiefs game, the Patriots... If Brian Hoyer doesn't take that sack, if he doesn't fumble that ball, if Jared Siddham doesn't have two interceptions, as you can see where I'm saying, going with this, it was a lot closer, I think, than this score indicated, especially that pick six didn't make it look good. How do you feel about this one? I mean, I'm not going to touch this game, especially because I have no idea what the hell is happening. If it is played even, I think it's going to be fine. But minus eight to the Patriots currently, how do you feel about that? Well, speaking of pick six, the Patriots had a pick six and the refs blew a play dead. They would have been up yeah. 10 to six in that game well into the game. So yeah, you know, the Brian Hoyer mistakes were just that they were just mistakes. Like those things happen when you're having a bad day. I think it'll be Stidham in there. I, I've, you know, before the season started, before the Patriots got Cam Newton, mm-hmm. I knew that Patriots brass was actually, you know, developing Stidham and, and pretty high on him, even though he was third on the depth chart. So I have some confidence in Stidham. And when he came in, I thought he looked pretty good. So I think eight is not enough. I mean, this defense was confusing Kansas City. How do you think they're going to do against the Broncos? Yeah. I mean, it's just night and day. And and coming off of a loss, Bill Belichick, we know he's super prepared coming off of a loss. The running game looks like it's in good order, regardless of who they use, whether it's Rex or Damian Harris or uh, James White. Um, no, I actually think the Patriots could win this game by 
a bunch, you know, assuming the game even happens, by the way. But even without Stefan Gilmore and Cam Newton, I think this could be like a a two touchdown game. Wow. Without both of them. Maybe by the the way, the Broncos were in danger of losing to the Jets, you know, the last time. I mean, that that was kind of a back and forth game for a little bit. And I just I just think the Patriots coming off a loss, knowing how good they looked against Kansas City outside of those two or three mistakes you just mentioned. uh, This could be a bloodbath bloodbath oh i like that there we go we're getting into it um all right yeah i think i'm gonna stay away i, I don't want to touch that game but i probably would roll with the patriots considering how bad the broncos have looked plus it's in foxborough um now i know home field advantage doesn't matter because there's no fans but there are microphones there are cameras there's a lot of stuff around foxborough that too many people talk where there's smoke there's fire how about that one where there's smoke there's fire how do you feel about that um yeah, I'm okay with it, but but I will say that's another one of those that's probably used a little too often. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll figure but, out a couple more coming. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, we have the Colts traveling to Cleveland. Uh, Colts were favored by two and a half. It's now down to two, even one and a half in certain places, like our friends over at BetMGM. Uh, the over-under was at 47, now down to 46. Nothing too crazy going on there. We have the bet is split about four. 50-ish, 55 to the Browns, about 45-ish to the Colts. 90% of the money is coming in on the Browns. I'm assuming that was closer to that two and a half number than that one and a half number. Colts are a solid team, but James Robinson, that first game of the year, showed you can pretty much run against them if you want. Uh, Dalvin Cook was able to get in the box, but that Vikings offense is just dog shit, so I'm not surprised that they didn't do too, too much. The Bears really didn't do anything, but I think that's just because they're incompetent. How do you feel about the Browns here? Plus two and a half or, or at least down to one and a half? Because I, I feel like that's the way you're going to lean. Yeah, I mean, the Colts are probably the most overrated team of 2020. Uh, all sports, not just the NFL. I mean, this wow. is getting it's getting ridiculous at this point. Like how they were like a shoe in to, to win their division, NFC South, before the season even started. I mean, they, well, at least they were they were leading in the clubhouse before the season started. I think they were like, yeah. like plus 120, plus 130. Aren't they still leading? Like Probably. Pretty yeah, significantly? Pro- yeah, but the the point is, okay. I mean, so let's, but that's the so, point, though. Like they're still so the the who? I mean, the Jags are terrible. The Texans are terrible, and who's the third team? I'm forgetting. The Titans. Who okay, are and the Titans are sick. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the Titans technically are leading the division. And and to your point, I thought Houston would be a little bit better. But let's just let's just talk about these teams real quick. So the Browns have a good offensive line. The Colts are always heralded for the, for their offensive line. The the Browns have a good defensive line. The Colts have a good defensive line. The skill position players for the Browns are way better. Oh, yeah. The running game appears to be way mm-hmm. better. And by the way, I don't know what people's opinions are of Baker Mayfield, but if there's anyone in this universe who thinks that Philip Rivers right now is better than Baker Mayfield, just like, no, get out of fantasy football, get out of analysis altogether, stop watching sports. Like you have no acumen. What's like Philip Rivers. It's almost like, I don't know if you're old enough for this. Like when you would see like a, a, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon and like somebody, like somebody would like throw something and it would just like drop like a safe. Like Mm -hmm. anytime Philip Rivers throws a ball, that was just a terrible analogy, but anytime he throws a ball, like, more than 15 yards it literally drops straight out of the sky i mean he's got no arm he's he hasn't been accurate he's probably if i was going to start a franchise right now with a quarterback he would be last on my list to start that franchise yes he's older but there's a lot of older quarterbacks in the league and there's a lot of bad quarterbacks in the league he is terrible so i think the browns have the edge in most departments this line seems like a gift 
Yes. It seems like a gift. And I know where you're going with this. I, that's mm-hmm. why I'm a little worried. I think everybody saw that Colts uh, Bears game. And because it was one of the four o'clock games, well, that means like like half the nation for whatever friggin' reason had to watch that game. And it sucked, man. That game was terrible. And I think people are realizing that. I think I think the Browns are a better team and at home, but the Browns have never been three and one in like my lifetime. Uh, you want to talk about me being young? Let's talk about that. I mean, I've seen the Looney Tunes, dude. Like, I don't I you I think you think I'm like 15. I'm like 30 years old. You're not 15. <laughs> I'm like, 30. I swear to God, I thought you were 15. <laughs> well, thank you. It's the, it's the full yeah. beard, I'm sure. I but it was an internship, like well, high school. Well, it's paid like an internship, but um, <laughs> it is. Uh, no, I kid. I love you, Jason. Um, no, I do think, I think it is important. I do think the Browns are better. Uh, Nick Chubb being injured, I think is a lot bigger. I know it's the system. And I'm going to talk to Sticks later this week, and I'm very confident he's going to say, you know, let's hammer the shit out of Nick Ch- or um, Kareem Hunt wherever, whenever. Maybe not this game, but in the future, he is obviously the number one running back in one of the best systems. And now he's probably going to get more carries because he doesn't have Kareem Hunt behind him. Mm-hmm. But I still think Nick Chubb is that damn good, and I think it is going to hurt a little bit. Um, I still think the Browns cover, but that's why one like two and a half, one and a half. It's it's fishy, it's very fishy. As you said, it seems like a gift, and those are ones that I like to. Uh, I don't know, just kind of prick my ears up a little bit. Prick my ears up a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. I, I just don't. I just don't think that the Colts will move the ball as well as the Browns ultimately. And it's not. I mean, and yeah. by the way, it, it's not just going to be Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson, I think he had thirteen mm-hmm. carries yeah. just last week, and, and he was very effective, over hundred yards. So they have. They have a compliment to Nick Chubb, or I should say to, to Kareem Hunt for this week. So I just, you're right though. It does seem like a gift and you always want to be careful when it comes to that. But as much as we say, it seems like a gift, like we're still talking about the Browns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it's still the Browns. So there's no, there's no gifts in betting on the Browns, but I just, I, I don't think people realize how bad Philip Rivers is. And that's, that's where I'm at with this line. I think the teams are comparable in a lot of ways, but Philip Rivers is just the worst man period. You really he's bad. Up. It's, it's I know, hard. It's, but like you it's really literally hard to watch. Well, oh, by the way, trash he... talk woke Roquan Smith though. That was kind of funny, right? You got to give him that. Will Smith, Roquan Smith. Oh, Roquan Smith. He, he's been trash talking for his entire. Career. I know it's hilarious. He's very hateable. He's a very punchable face. But that's not why. Listen, if he was a good quarterback, I'd tell. I'd say. I'd tell you, he's a good quarterback. It's 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 bad to watch. I mean, mm. bring in Jacoby Brissett. So that T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal and maybe some more Mo Alley Cox could get going because T.Y. Hilton is he may as well just like not get on the field at this point because yeah, there's no way he's enough. getting hit long by Philip Rivers. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, let's let's all get on the uh, the Jacoby Brissett train. Uh, they were good. The Colts were good last year before Marlon mm-hmm. Mack went down. Mm-hmm. They were in second place. They beat the Chiefs. We all watched. It. I think it was like a Thursday or a Monday night game. Uh, Hammerfist coming back in. Landry or OBJ? Just out of curiosity. Oh, that's interesting. So, good question. Um, I gotta, I gotta check the matchups, the corner, the like who's shadowing if anybody on OBJ. But I, I think you, you'd almost have to go Odell Beckham. I mean, in a PPR league, you'd mm-hmm. consider Landry because he probably will get more targets. But I mean, they're finding ways to get Odell the ball. They're, that, that's pretty clear. So, um, it just takes one play for him to to pay off uh, more than Jarvis Landry. Pay it off. All right, that is it for the Sunday games. Let's move to the Sunday night game. We have the Vikings traveling to Seattle. Line opened at minus nine. It is now at minus seven to Seattle. You can actually get that at plus money too. There we go. Uh, We have about uh, 70-30 split on the 
bets. Um, a 90-10 split on the money. Bets are going to Seattle. The money is all over the Vikings here. Um, that's confusing. I know we can run on Seattle, uh, but the Seahawks have had an insane passing attack, and the Vikings can't stop anybody passing the ball. So what am I missing here? Why did that well, one, like that's well, they did, nine's, a, nine's a lot. Nine is a lot, but nine's a lot. Um, they did stop Houston last week. I mean, I know you said they don't have any receivers, but I mean, they do have Deshaun Watson. And although Will Fuller, they didn't exactly stop Will Fuller. He had a great game, but yeah. everybody else was pretty much marginalized, including David Johnson. So I think nine is, is a crazy number. Um, I don't like it as much. I don't like the Vikings at, as much at plus seven, but I'd be betting the Vikings here because I just think the offense, like Justin Jefferson has really stepped up. Yeah, yes. Cousins is okay. Uh, Adam Thielen is good. And then obviously they have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Like I think this offense is going to like run and pass all over the Seattle Seahawks. So I don't see it getting away from them too much. I mean, they could be down 10, 13 points, but then still score at the end. So mm-hmm. I would absolutely be on, like I will be betting this game. I hope it ticks back up to seven and a half. And I, I kind of think it will, uh, in which case that's when I'll be taking it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, nine is nine is definitely a lot. I mean, that's that's a huge amount of points. Um, I mean, again, that's where the football club and the Rams were opening up, right? Like, so it's so it's definitely you know comparable in that sense. Uh, I think the Seahawks win. I don't really think that's going to be in question. But as we've seen, their defense is bad. No pass rush. Uh, they don't really have cornerbacks. Jamal uh, Adams is going to be hurt, unfortunately. So that's he's not going to be able to like, run all around the field doing his thing, which has been a blast to watch. Look at that, Jets. If you use a player correctly, he's good and enjoyable. Like, that's crazy. Um, here we go, though. This is the real question. Are you taking the over or the under on 58? Because, God damn, that wow. tasty. 58. This is a friggin' college total right here. I love it. The Seahawks are hammering all of them. Last week they didn't, but every other week they're crushing the over-under. You know, the only reason I would take the under here is because if you're Minnesota, and I said this about the Cowboys last week and it didn't work out, but it partially didn't work out because the Browns just jumped on them early. But if you're, and that could happen here, but if you're the Vikings, like you want to keep your defense off the field, not so much Seattle, even though Seattle has a bad defense, they they just like kind of score on every possession. So it kind of doesn't matter. But I just think it's a Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison game. And, you know, a dink and dunk, not dink and dunk, but I just think it's a ball control game for Minnesota. And therefore, I think there'll be quarters where they're just trying to milk clock and successfully where it's like a six, potentially seven minute drive here and there. And and all it takes is one six or seven minute drive that ends in maybe a field goal that ruins a 58 cover. Mm -hmm. So I'll be I'm not betting it. I don't like betting unders anyway, but um. Yeah, I would take the under there for sure. It's such a huge number. I mean, you do not see that in the NFL. And as we were saying before, we've been seeing offense tick up significantly. I think holding penalties are down, depending on how you do the math, and I'll let you do it for me. It's either they're down 150% or they're down 50%. So I don't really know how percentages work clearly, but it's some insane number holding penalties are down by. And I think you understand why I'm confused by the 150 or the 50%, right? Like it's it's confusing. But either way, I'll do that less uh less holding penalties which means more offense so less times moving backwards more times moving forwards uh, and i'm all for that so yeah it's hard it's hard 58 an insane number though so i did want to point out just back to hammer fist question about uh landry or obj so i'm looking at the DraftKings pricing and odell 6.4k so he's he's gotten bumped up a little bit landry's only 5k so i mean it, it's already contrarian to be playing landry over obj so that that's kind of good if you're in a big gpp but then you also get a 1.4k discount so i there's absolutely an argument for landry because he could be a target monster but again i think this game is probably well 
I wanted to say it's more of a running game. Just a, just an FYI, Dearness Johnson is 4.7K, 4,700. Wow. So, you know, knowing that he's going to get, I mean, he could break one, knowing that he's going to get probably 10 to 15 carries, that's that's not a bad not a bad move to shift off of Kareem Hunt to uh, Dearness Johnson. Yeah, I'm sure ownership. I'm excited to look at that on Saturday and Sunday. Ownership of Kareem Hunt's probably going to be insane. Uh, last game, uh, an interesting one. We have the Saints on Monday night again. They're in New Orleans. They have the Chargers traveling from L.A. out to New Orleans. Saints by 7.5. That line's actually moved up. I'm seeing it at 8.5 right now. Uh, about 40-60 split on the number of bets coming in on the Saints. A little bit more to the Saints. And about a 90-10 split with the money going to the Chargers at plus 7.5. As I said, you can also get it at plus 8.5. Over-under at 51-52, depending on where you're getting your book information from. It's interesting. I, that's a pretty big line, too. There's a, I mean, last week we saw a lot of double digits. This week we're seeing a lot of like, all right, all right, double digits was too much. Let's kind of just move it down to like 8 or 9 and see if we can get them to do that again. How do you feel about this one? Because uh, that seems like a pretty big number, too, considering the Saints haven't looked that great yet. So I've been on the dogs three out of the last four games that we discussed. I didn't count before that, but listen, this is this is like a Saints get right moment here. I mean, I know they kind of did against the Lions, but you know, I think Michael Thomas is coming back. We know we don't have Eckler, and now we know we have three weeks of film on Justin Herbert, and we have the right coach and you know the right defense that can really attack him and exploit like all of his weaknesses that we haven't even seen yet. So I think it's just a really tough spot for Herbert more than anything. Mike Williams might be back. That that would help a little bit. No. Keenan Allen, you know Hunter Henry, like I just with Justin Jackson in the backfield with Joshua Kelly, who by the way I think Kelly's like a little overrated. I, I don't think it's too far fetched to say Justin Jackson's the better running back fyi um mm-hmm. for you fantasy people that includes myself so i actually think this is another one of those games that could get away from the dog and i will be on the saints here saints at home they don't get the home field advantage necessarily but uh, this could be a two touchdown game here um i mean obviously i'm assuming you liked it a little bit more at seven and a half you still rolling with that at eight and a half yeah i would roll with it at nine and a half and oh, then shit. i'd st- at 10 i would just at that mm-hmm. point it would be a stay away at 10 yeah. But at nine and a half, I'd actually take the Saints. Yeah. And how about the um, coaching matchup between Anthony Lynn and uh, and Sean Payton? Just spew a little, little, little more hate in Anthony Lynn's direction for me. I mean, so that's part of the thing. So what are the chances that when Sean Payton like makes these adjustments or, or what looks like adjustments that, from Anthony Lynn's perspective in terms of how they're going to treat Justin Herbert, disguising blitzes, disguising coverages, things of that nature, what are the chances that they go into halftime and Anthony Lynn – gives this like great strategy of, of how to exploit what Sean Payton is doing. Like, and, and I'm, that's a, that's a, that's a question I actually want an answer to. Like, is it, is it a 10% chance, Michael? Is it a 5% chance? Is it more or less? You tell me. I'll go, I'll take the over on 10, but I don't know how confident I am in that. Okay. So it sounds like you're in like that 18% area. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to roll with the 82% and Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, Alvin Kamara. That's right. Oh, Latavius okay. Murray. I'm going to roll with those guys and uh, and roll against Anthony Lynn because it's yeah. just it's a bad scene, man. I think it's going to be bad. Yeah, I think Justin Herbert's going to look like a rookie this week. That Saints defense, while they did get torched by Aaron Rodgers, it turns out Aaron Rodgers is on a big middle finger tour to everybody on planet Earth right now. So I think everybody's <laughs> getting torched by Aaron Rodgers. Um, but the Saints defense, I think, is pretty legit. I think their defensive line is going to get into Herbert. I don't know if they're going to take him down that much because he's a he's a big boy. He's a very big boy. But I think they're going to they're going to disrupt him. They're going to get him angry. Um I'm curious about the Saints secondary though, uh cuz that would give me one ooh. 
pause for concern. How do you feel that about that? Oh no 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 no. Go ahead go ahead. No 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 no. no. Pause for concern. How do you? The Saints secondary? No 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 that that saying. Oh. It, it, gives, it gives me pause for concern. How do you? You mean cause for concern? I've never heard pause for concern. Shit. All right. Well, I've been. Yeah, I think you screwed that one up. Saying. I think. Wrong. How do you feel about cause for concern then? That, that's not even really like a figure of speech. Like that's like an actual like few words that like actually like mean something. So cause for concern, I'm okay with. Okay. I'll, I don't think it's uh, overused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. That one's on me because I didn't even know what I was trying to say clearly. But I think I'm curious what that secondary looks like because I think they had four people out in the secondary last week. Now, I don't think their secondary is that great, but it's even worse if you're in an Atlanta Falcon situation where you're going from four through eight to uh, or you're going from one through four to four through eight, no matter what. If one through four is bad, I can only imagine what four through eight looks like. So uh, I think that's just something to pay attention to. I don't think Justin Herbert's the guy to exploit it too much. And obviously with Austin Eckler being out, I don't think it's going to be that fun. I think Keenan Allen has a day, but I also think he always has a day with Justin Herbert so far. So, Right. Should be fun. Yeah. Should be a fun Monday night game. And that is it for the week. We went over all of it. I hope you paid attention to what Sia was saying because it turns out the dude's usually right. Um, we'll get it started. We'll get it right with the Bucks and the Bears. I think, as you said, you're on the Bears at plus three and a half. And for the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, we've been right for the Thursday night game. So just go ahead and bet it. You'll be up one and oh on the week. You can feel good. You'll feel good Thursday night, Friday night. You can hang out with us on Saturday for the Wind Daily Sports betting membership. We have been crushing it last week. We were plus 20 in football plus 20 units in football last weekend so it was absolutely fantastic and we crushed the college slate it's so much fun betting college games they're they're just ridiculous but make sure to hang out with us there if you go to uh william hill actually we have a new partnership with william hill if you go to william hill and use promo code windaily 500 they'll give you up to free 500 bet and then we will give you a two months free of the wind daily sports betting membership so that 500 you can then gamble with it with the picks that we give you that we're really really right on most of the time um and you'll make even more money and for free for two months so then we'll just pay for the membership for you it's like this whole like like a uh, hamster wheel effect snowball effect you know that kind of thing to make you even more money i really like that but see ya where can everybody find you on the internet i i love how now you're just trying to like incorporate like i'm trying, sayings I'm into I'm one. trying to figure so it's out. like hamster snowball effect yeah, like yeah, you got to you know, know what i'm talking yeah. about hamster wheel hamster wheel yeah 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 in a vacuum. So you, Thanks, Zach. Zach <laughs> that one up so on you can find me in Discord, of course. Um, get on WindDailySports.com. But I do want to say, if you haven't already subscribed to the to the YouTube channel, the WindDaily mm-hmm. YouTube channel, please subscribe there because if you miss live streams like this, yes, you can catch them on the podcast, but you can see Michael's handsome face on the live stream uh, on and the YouTube channel. And oh, wow. That is so nice. Thank you. But also to, to those that are just football fans, we, we do, you know, the golf ones, we do the NBA ones. We, we do like literally every sport. So you can catch all those live streams and a lot more, including that RG3 interview we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to Win Daily on YouTube. And then, of course, subscribe to the podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Sianajad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. And Zach Puckpicks wants to wants to close the show with I'll let you say it as you close the show. Uh, yes, with everything in a vacuum, you can find me at Michael Raziel one I think that part is very important. Make sure to follow us at Windaily Sports. Again, if you want seven days free in the Windaily Sports expert chat, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days to come hang out with us. Ask us all the questions you want. Sports betting, DFS, season long, fun. If you just kind of want to talk to somebody, somebody's literally always there. It's kind of a crazy place, and that's why we love it. So windailysports.com backslash chat. For see ya. For Zach, for all the incredible people in the chat, we appreciate you all. Keep it coming. Um, For the Wind Daily Sports family, for myself, 
We hope you make it a very profitable week five of the NFL. Yeah.